today on Transforming Lives. That is Jesus' outline, the steps concerning how we are to take the gospel to all people everywhere. Um, I remember when I got born again, I wanted to share the gospel with people. I did not know how. Um, I, all I, I, I knew that Jesus uh, uh, wanted us to share the gospel, but I did not know how. And so I, I was at the university at the time, and a friend of mine came, and he was sharing with me, he was sharing the gospel with me, and he was using Bill's Bright Four Spiritual Laws. And as he was going through it, I stopped him in the... Welcome to Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Harvest Intercontinental Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia is a multicultural, missions-oriented, disciple-making church with the purpose of sharing the gospel with as many people as possible in the Northern Virginia area and around the world. Please join Reverend Obadiah Swen for today's message. Let's stand and read Matthew chapter 10. We want to read from verses, verses 1 and 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 10 verses 1 and then we want to read verses 7 and 8. And the count of two, we'll all read together. One, two. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Verse 7. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We magnify your holy name. Lord, have your way in our midst. We pray for your people. Give them hearts to believe, minds to understand, and wills to obey. We just thank you for all that you are doing. By your spirit, quicken your people, Lord. Bless them, minister unto them. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, praise God, amen. You may have your seat. Um, the story is told of Joe, a taxi owner and driver in the Philippines, who, uh, um, who uh, um, heard um, when he got born again, um, he began to practice the whole aspect of going and carrying the gospel of the kingdom wherever you are. It shows how believers can interact with people in the community to share this gospel. Um, as Joe was driving his taxi one day, shortly after his conversion, he heard the Spirit of God saying to him, Serve right where you are. And so since he was a new believer and all he knew was his business, he focused on a bar that's called Sweet Moments. He decided to apply the principle of prayer evangelism as listed in Luke chapter 10 to make peace with the lost, fellowship with them, care for them, and eventually announce that the kingdom of God has come near. Every day he would go into the bar, he would order a soft drink, and he would pray peace over the place, the employees and the customers. After a few days, Joe befriended the manager, Brian. Brian was a homosexual, a gambler, a drug user, a drug dealer, 
and a pimp of about 35 prostitutes. This pedigree led Brian to be a certified full-strength sinner. Joe and Brian's uh, friendship grew, and after a few times, um, Joe was able to lead Brian to the Lord. He baptized Brian in a nearby beach, and Brian emerged from the water with the, when the power of God came upon him, and he experienced an instant transformation. All of his homosexual drives disappeared. He also was free from gambling, drug addiction, and God delivered him from many of the vices. He also stopped being a pimp, and um, which supported his lifestyle. The transformation in Brian's life was so significant that all of the 35 prostitutes that he had also became Christian. Joe and his wife moved into the neighborhood in order to start to minister to this unusual bunch of people. Um, the wife, um, Job's wife, built cake and she took it around to her neighbors in order to introduce herself to them. One of the neighbors was Teddy, the, a lawyer and the owner of the bar. He came and testified afterwards. He gave his life to Christ and he said that um, when he ate the cake, something happened in his life. After a few times, as he grew in the, in the things of God, he realized that his lifestyle and the practice of his business was not glorifying God. And so he turned the bar into a church. Joe became the pastor of the church and they began to uh, minister into the community, establishing cell groups all around. And they became a, a significant portion of the community. The passage that we read in Matthew chapter 10 Verse 7 and 8 is a part of the second discourse of Jesus' Galilean ministry uh, on missions and suffering. Um, in this session, Jesus teaches his disciples about the vastness of the harvest. He also teaches them about the heightened people and the brokenness of people like sheep without a shepherd. He invited the disciples to partner with him and to pray to God and asked God to send laborers into the harvest. Um, he called the disciples and he showed them and uh, 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 commissioned them to go and do exactly what he had done and demonstrated to them in Matthew chapter 8 and 9. In this passage in uh, um, Matthew chapter 10 verse 7 and 8, we can divide it into seven different sections. Um, and it's actually outlined the commission that the, the, uh, Jesus gave the disciples and the church. In 7 the, the Jesus said, as you go. Um, 7b, he said, pray and preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In 8a, he said, heal the sick. 8b, cleanse the lepers. 8c, raise the dead. 8d, Cast out demons. And 8E, freely you receive, freely give. We see in this passage, Jesus outlined the steps concerning how we are to take the gospel to all people everywhere. Um, I remember when I got born again, I wanted to share the gospel with people. I did not know how. Um, I, all I, I, I knew 
that Jesus uh, uh, wanted us to share the gospel, but I did not know how. And so I, I was at the university at the time, and a friend of mine came, and he was sharing with me, he was sharing the gospel with me, and he was using Bill's bright four spiritual laws. And as he was going through it, I stopped him in the middle of it, and I said to him, um, I, I'm already born again, I'm already saved, but I want to do what, I, what you are doing. I want you to teach me to do what you are doing. And so he shared with me how to lead people into uh, uh, lead people to Christ by using the four spiritual laws. And so I, he, he gave me, there was a small booklet that we were using, and all you needed to do is to open the booklet and share it from the four spiritual laws concerning how to lead people to Christ. And so I took it and I began to lead friends and, 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 and students to Christ. And then I realized that I, I was doing it, I was doing it in, uh, intentionally, but I was do, uh, it was taking a longer time. And so I remember um, this particular day, I was, um, I was in between classes, we were on the veranda um, at the university, and there were a lot of people. And I was sharing it one by one, and I realized that I did not have much time. If I shared one by one, I may not be able to go through, because it took uh, you know, between three to five minutes to, to um, share with one person and get them born again. And so I, I, I started to ask myself, what can I do? And I heard the Spirit of God said to me, you can open your mouth and you can share the same fourth spiritual law, but instead of getting one person, you can share it with everybody. And so I remember that day, it's just like today, um, it, I was pacing back and forth on the veranda, I was afraid, I did not know what would happen, and I was uh, I'm concerned, it, was not, it has not been done before. Um, and all of a sudden, I gained sufficient courage to just open my mouth and to ask them to listen to the gospel. And when I did, I was able to share the full spiritual law, and I saw a lot of people got born again during that time, more than I could have uh, 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 gotten if I had gone from one person. And I realized that it, 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 um, just sharing the gospel in the open air, it began to impact people and and um, I was a part of the Varsity Christian Fellowship. And for two years, we began to intentionally share the gospel. Because when I started, a lot of other be um, believers wanted to do something similar. But they gained the confidence for us to do it. So we went into all the classrooms. We went into the auditoriums. We went on the buses. We were sharing the gospel. And all we needed to do, once you are there as a believer and you have a captive audience, you just raise your voice and ask them um, to listen to the gospel, and we began to, and we saw hundreds of people giving their lives to Christ. Uh, I want to let you know that Jesus said to his disciples, as you go. That means, regardless of where you are, regardless of what profession you are, God wants us to share the gospel as we go. Um, when Jesus gave the commission, the commission, the Bible tells us he gave it, uh, um, because um, right after, in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, Jesus went all about the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. This same passage in Matthew chapter 4 is the same passage 
in Matthew chapter 9, we see it's like a book end. It's like two uh, um, covering of the book that Jesus closed his itinerary ministry to let the disciples know that it is important to share the gospel. And he wants us to share it as we go. Amen. Wherever you are, whether in the supermarket, whether at an entertainment place, whether at your job, Jesus wants us to share the gospel as we go. And he wants us to, it to be a normal activities that we would do. It's not something that we need a plan to do. It's just supposed to be a normal activity. That's why all of us need to learn how to share the gospel or how to share our own testimony in few minutes to tell people about what Jesus wants to do in their lives, who he is and what he wants to do. The Bible is very, very simple. God loves people. God loves us. He sent Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for us. We are sinful. And if we do not turn away from our sin, we will go to hell. But Jesus has paid a price for our sin. And if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can be healed. We can be delivered. We can be free. Amen. We can be saved. And that's what God wants us to do. Jesus preaching the gospel accompanied his healing. He healed, he preached, and he healed. And every time you find the, the, the ministry of Jesus, even when Jesus came in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus announced to, to, to the, the people in the synagogue about his purpose, the Bible tells us, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he began to outline to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus' ministry was preaching and healing. Amen. And delivering. And we need to do the same. Uh, um, Dr. T.L. Osborne shared a story uh, on one of his crusades about a Muslim beggar. He said this man was a professional beggar. He was paralyzed. And so he would, he, would, he would crawl on the ground, but he would go from place to place, office to office, and beg. And so um, they had this um, crusade, I think it was in Nigeria, and um, the, his, um, this beggar wife went to the crusade. And she saw the amount of people that got born again, she saw the amount of people that got healed, and she got excited about it. And so she went home and told her husband, and this man got mad and he beat his wife. Um, and he told her to never mention the name of Jesus again. And so the next day he went, he used to go from places to places, and he went to the chief, the chief of that particular town. Um, he went to the chief place to collect his arms, because he would go from different places. And normally what the chief would do, the chief would send somebody with the money to give to the beggar. But this time the chief himself, when then the chief was a born again believer, and so when the chief went outside to meet the beggar, the chief said to him, I want to see you tonight at the crusade. Now, you know, when the chief tells you to go to the crusade, you go to the crusade, amen. So, this man went to the crusade, and when he was uh, standing, I mean, not standing, he was, I mean, he was crippled, so he was 
on, on the back of the end of it, and, and you were sitting, and um, um, T.L. Osborne minister preached the gospel, and then after he finished preaching the gospel, he asked everybody to bow their heads and to pray. And so this man, being a devout Muslim, he bowed his head, and he closed his eyes, and he began to pray. And so as he was praying, he noticed that it seems as if two persons took him by the hand on both of his side and lifted him up. And so he began, he felt so good, he felt a wow. So I'm in the, in the presence of good people. I mean, for these people to lift me up, and you know, so that I may be able to, to, to um, something that's so, so kind. And then he, after the prayer was going on, he decided to at least open his eyes to see who were the people so that he could tell them, thank you. And when he opened his eyes, to his amazement, he was standing on his feet. Now this man had never stood for years. He was crippled for, for years. And he got excited. He began to shout. He began to scream. And because he was well-known, a well-known beggar, um, the people began to open path for him to go. And he went all the way on the platform to share his testimony. And this was his testimony. Jesus is alive. He is alive. He has to be alive. Look at me. I was crippled. I couldn't walk. But Jesus healed me. If he was dead, he could not have done this. Look at me. Jesus is alive. Church, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And it changes the lives of people. The essential mission of the church is to proclaim the emergency of the kingdom of God. The disciples are to go and to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As believers, we are to declare the same message that John the Baptist preached and the same message that Jesus preached. The word preach means caruso in the Greek, which means to proclaim, to herald, to go before. The word kingdom comes from the Greek word basileia, which means royal dominion. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are interchangeably, changeable. And it also means the rule of God, the reign of God. Um, the word is at hand. It comes from the Greek word uh, ezigo, ezizo, which means to bring near, to come near, or to approach. It's also carrying a connotation that something is here. It means coming near to God and approaching God, or communion with God, or a desire to cherish a fellowship with God. Gospel means eugelion. Uh, um, which is good news. The good news of the kingdom of God that brings salvation through Jesus Christ. Whenever we declare the word of God, whenever we talk about the, the things of God, good news, the good news of Jesus Christ transforms lives and bring people to Him. And we are the, the God's instruments to share the gospel with those that we come in contact with. In Acts chapter 8, the Bible tells us of a, 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 a very powerful thing that happened in Samaria when Philip went there. The Bible says when Philip went to Samaria in Acts chapter 8, there were, he preached the gospel, he preached Jesus Christ. 
And there was great joy among the people, because many were, were healed, many demons were cast out, many were delivered, the cripples were walked, the blind saw, the deaf heard, because of the power of God that was displayed, because of the gospel. The gospel brings transformation. And when we believe God and trust God and declare the gospel of God to people, people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus and their lives are changed. And so church, that's our, that's our purpose, that's our uh, 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 instruction or commission that Jesus has given us to share this gospel, to tell people. He said the harvest is plenteous. And people will not come to the saving knowledge of Jesus unless we tell them. I like what Paul said. He said, how would they hear unless somebody preach? And how would they preach unless they are sent? And how would they go unless people send them? Amen. And so the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those, are the feet of those who carry good tidings. Amen. We need to share this gospel. The message of the gospel was what Jesus preached. The message of the gospel was what John the Baptist preached. Now what did they preach? Both Jesus and John the Baptist preached repentance from sin and surrender to God. Jesus preached repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. In John, uh, Matthew chapter 3, the Bible says Jesus, uh, John the Baptist came preaching repentance. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus came preaching repentance, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent comes from the Greek word metamoia, amen, which means a decision to change one's mind, to change one's heart, to change one's purpose, to change one's action. When we repent, we change our mind, we change our heart. We change our action. We change our behavior. We turn around from where we were going to turn to the living God. And we need to understand that God calls everyone to repent. And we need to declare to people to repent. Biblical repentance means a call to salvation. Say it with, say it with me. Say biblical repentance means a call to salvation. Now, uh, if you are repenting from sin, God is calling you. You have to answer that call. That call that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And when we say we repent, we need to turn away. Because repentance means to renounce sin and turn towards God. We need to renounce sin and turn towards God. You see, you cannot say, I have repented, if you will not renounce the sin. You have to recognize, I'm a sinner. And if you are listening with, to us today, and you are streaming with us, and you are living in sin, and I want to let you know that God has paid the price for your sin, and you need to repent, you need to renounce your sin, and turn away from that sin, to the living God. It's a call to salvation. Jesus paid the price. So that you don't have to pay it anymore. But you need to renounce your sin. Renounce your wrongdoing. And turn to the living God. 
Repentance also means to submit to Christ. To submit to his commands. To com- submit to him in obedience. To submit to, to, to yield to him like, like a child. In childlike faith. Amen. To, to yield to God. And to follow the teaching of the world. Amen. When you say you repent, you need to decide that I will follow Christ. You see, Jesus did not just come for us to repent and stay where we are. He came down, the Bible tells us in Psalm. He said he brought me out of the miry clay. He brought me from the dike, the maker mire of the dike, of, uh, uh, of sin and, and, and suffering. But Jesus did not just bring us out of the dike to leave us Dirty. He brought us out of the dike, and the Bible says He set us on the rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ to cleanse us and give us a new garment, a garment of righteousness, so that we can follow God and serve Him with newness of mind and heart. Thank you for spending this time with us. We do not like to end our broadcast without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Friends, we are excited that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We would like to send you some free materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. So please write or email us at Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia. It is 305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandra, Virginia, 22309 or admin at com. We encourage you to join a good Bible-believing church so that you can serve the Lord with other believers. If you live in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, we invite you to worship with us at any of our services. On Sunday at 11 a.m., our contemporary worship service. On Wednesday night, our Bible study at 8 p.m. And Friday at 8 p.m., our intercessory prayer meeting. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you. God bless you. This has been a presentation of Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia. We are located on 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandria, Virginia, 22309. Please join us at one of our services on Sunday at 11 a.m. Contemporary Worship, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Bible Study, and Friday at 8 p.m. Intercessory Prayer. For more information about Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia, and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at harvestersvirginia.com or email us at admin at harvestersvirginia.com. Mm-hmm.